When you make classic podcasts all the time, you know that what you put in your ears is of the utmost importance. That's why I love Sonos and the new Sonos Move. Move is the premium portable smart speaker for listening all around your home and outdoors. You can stream No Dunks and other much worse podcasts, music, radio, audiobooks, and more with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and experience clearly detailed sound and rich bass for up to 11 hours with Move's long-lasting battery and durable, weather-resistant design. Just pick Move up off its indoor charging base and bring the sound with you from room to room. You can listen to No Dunks while you shower and make breakfast. You can put on No Dunks to focus in your home office. Enjoy some No Dunks on your patio or in the backyard. With automatic true play tuning, you can be sure Move sounds great no matter where you are or which classic episode of No Dunks you're listening to. Switch Move to Bluetooth mode to stream anywhere Wi-Fi doesn't reach or to enjoy richer sound for video calls from your phone or computer. Plus, Sonos works with all your streaming services. And control is simple with the Sonos app, Apple AirPlay 2, or your voice using Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant while on Wi-Fi. You can also stream thousands of stations, including live radio from around the world and original programming, free from Sonos Radio through the app. And of course, you can connect Move to other Sonos speakers around your home over Wi-Fi to create your perfect sound system and enjoy listening to no dunks in more rooms. Sonos is simple to set up and it sounds incredible. Y'all know I love catching deep bass, but Sonos' deep bass caught my attention and my wife's. After I set up our Sonos, she walked upstairs and said, something sounds different. I looked her straight in the eyes and told her, that's Sonos, baby. Now she agrees that Sonos is the best way to listen to every No Dunks classic. Tass's baritone sounds its fullest. Lee's accent even more charming. My cackle comes through clear as a bell. So head to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos move today. Package for Donnie? Oh, yes. Ooh. Ooh. It's a cute outfit for Helena. Who's Helena? Oh! oh that's not Helena. That's Helena. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Sunday, 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 September 6th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us live here on the weekend, we got Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube and or listening to the podcast a little bit later today and or watching YouTube a little bit later. (laughs) Shout out to you as well for you people not joining us live. Uh, Keep your questions and your comments coming for Beach Steppin. We'll be doing it later this week. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. We're fired up once again here on No Dunks. The Raptors fans are happy. Let's get right into it, Tass. Raps beat the Celtics 100 to 93 to even the East semifinal series at two games, two games apiece. I guess Fred Van Vliet was right when he ran down the hallway after game three and said, ho, ho, they effed up now uh, after OG Ananobi hit that three-point shot. You can't give the Raps life. Uh, it was a bunch of threes that the Raps found. They played incredible defense as well. I was just shocked there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm on Twitter after some fantastic play from the Raptors to find these open threes and to hit these open shots for Fred Van Vliet to be relocating. I thought, other than you dancing, Skeets, to Mm -hmm. a a little northern touch, it it just feels like the Raps fans, I don't know, this is time to jump to conclusions here. That's what we do as Raptors fans. That's what we we do as sports fans. And I know it was... uh, supposed to be a long series here we're supposed to get to seven games and it took a little bit of a circuitous route to get to to four to two two uh and we all sort of expected it but come on let's jump on this let's let's jump on this big time because uh the raps yeah they rattle the celtics i'm sure the celtics will be back in in game five but Mm -hmm. um 
that was as good as it gets if you're a Raptors fan. It was ugly across the board. Like they, they didn't have a lot of flow to their game, um, but they had they just got enough. They just got enough done uh, in that third quarter, especially when uh, when they hit those three threes. I thought I thought Raptors Twitter. I thought the internet would be booming, but it was. Uh, I don't know. It was a little subdued. Maybe it's a Saturday night. Do I have Do I have any stats to back that up? Absolutely not. Do I have the engagement stats? No. Uh, but yeah, we're we're in for a fight here uh, because I, I think the the Celtics will bounce back. But it's time to jump to some conclusions here. Uh, I think uh, you know when I throw these games at you guys, I usually grab the Associated Press headline just to keep it simple. Let's get right into it. And I think this one is interesting because I said it there. You know, Raptors beat the Celtics. And usually when I do these, the AP likes to put in like a you know, Jamal Murray leads the Nuggets, or a Kawhi leads the Clippers, or LeBron and AD lead the Lakers. But this one's just straight up Raptors because it was an all-around team effort. I mean, it was Siakam, you know, getting going. Still garbage from outside, but inside had it going. 23 and 11 rebounds. Lowry doing classic Lowry things. Uh, 22 and 11 boards as well. Van Vliet was 17, 6 and 6. And then Ibaka. My God, Serge Ibaka. 18 points off the bench. Set of seven of nine shooting. He had the huge, huge block uh, on. I guess it was Tice's uh, dunk attempt there. Uh, yeah, it's an all-around team effort here. Those guys all doing their little part there offensively and then defensively. Lee, I mean, it's not pretty. That's what Van Vliet said. Uh, we're okay with that. We're okay being ugly. Basically, is what he's saying because it gets the job done. Um, and and it, they were helped out by, of course, the Celtics having what the Raptors had in game one where they just couldn't hit a three-pointer, mm-hmm. uh, especially Jalen Brown turning into John Starks there for a second. Yeah, and on the defensive end, Jalen Brown was sort of subdued somewhat because he was in foul trouble and he was just having a bad game. And Pascal took advantage of that, you know, by, yeah. by going at him and taking some of those uh, in-the-lane shots, those little flicky ones that he does and the little step back because he knew that Jalen Brown really couldn't be too aggressive. So that's great. But you say it's a great team effort. I'm going to say, you know what? It was five and a bit players, though. That's all it is on that team right now because Marcus Gasol, ah, oh, man, it's like, oh, it's he almost screwed up at the end there where he couldn't get that uh, loose ball rebound and it went to Jason Tatum who got the end yeah. one, which really sort of was like, this could have been a, a game-changing moment. And then off the bench, Norm Powell. Now, to be fair to Norm Powell, it's a little bit hard to get into and establish any flow when you're in the game and then the coach is kind of like, oh, man, Norm, what are you doing? Are you going to score tonight? Are you going to be good, Norm, or bad, Norm? And he had the quick hook again. And then Matt Thomas played a handful of minutes, but that doesn't really count. So it's really the starting five and then Serge and Marc Gasol are splitting those minutes. And other than that, there's no one else who, who Nick Nurse really trusts right now, which we saw that. I mean, Kyle Lowry's playing 44 minutes, diving for loose balls, going out at the end, but... Nick Nurse is like, these are my best guys. These are the ones I can trust, and this is what I have to go with. So that's what the Raptors' strategy is going to be, I'm sure, from the, for the remainder of this series because those, those are the only guys he trusts. But I think what's really important here is that for the Raptors, they took advantage of a bad night for the Celtics, and that is very important to do because the Celtics were still in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, They still could have pulled this one out if Jalen Brown doesn't miss his first nine threes because he hit a couple at the end, then maybe they're still in this. But... Things didn't quite go the Celtics' way. Even Tatum didn't have a great game here for them, but the Raptors made sure that they didn't sort of cough this one up at the end and, and give the momentum back to the Celtics. So uh, I, I think this is a this is one of those ones that's like, could this be a turning a turning point in the series, or is it just a matter of the Celtics shaking it off and being better in Game Five for the rest of the series? We'll find out. But uh, I think for the Raptors going forward, the concern is with the will these minutes catch up with them at some point because Nick Nurse can't go deep into his bench. Or is it just a matter of like, it's playoffs, you've got to be ready, you've got to go out there and put your body on the line no matter what? Yes. Nick Nurse said that they're ready to play all these minutes, yeah. right? He said, we're used to it. We went to the title, and maybe that's why people weren't so excited on Twitter yesterday, Tass. Act like you've been there before is what they're saying in the chat. Winning a second-round game, who cares? That being said, I did still see Alex Wong and William Liu tweeting, you can't underestimate the heart of a champion, the classic Raptors refrain this season. But honestly, it was true. You know, it was still a close game in the fourth quarter, and the Celtics played like they had never won a championship before. They were really pressing. Brad Stevens said afterwards that they were trying to make the home run play, and that's exactly what it Mm. felt like. There was that time when Tatum attacked a one-on-five fast break, which looks awesome if it works out, but when you're trying to come back, not always the greatest move. It just seemed like everybody was trying to make back the five- or six-point deficit with one shot, and it was just not happening, especially for Jalen Brown, you know? The guy started 0 for 9 from 3. He ended up making his last two, I suppose. But there's going to be games when Marcus Smart hits five threes in a quarter in the fourth quarter to win you a game. And if there's a game when Jalen Brown starts off 0 for 9 from 3, it's going to be tough uh, to win. But you just got to find out other avenues of getting offense. And 
That was not Kemba Walker yesterday, and that could be an advantage for the Celtics if they're able to find out a way to get uh, Walker some more looks. He said only nine attempts. That's not enough. I got to be more aggressive in game five, and that's absolutely true. Yeah, Kemba's got to be more Kyle-like. Let's be honest. Like mm-hmm. He's got to really hunt his own shot there, and Kyle did it again to set the tone in this one. I mean, he's putting up the points early again, and again, just had an unbelievable game. And you said there, Lee, just so it was interesting to me, you're like, you know, huge minutes, right? Siakam, Freddie, Lowry, I think all playing over 43 minutes. So 43 to 45 minutes, those three guys. You're your three best players in game four. And you're worried, like, will it catch up to them, you know, as this series goes on? So a game six or a game seven, you know, all those heavy minutes. Fair, but the counter to that is what Bud's doing in the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, there's no catching up if there is no game six or seven. There's no even concern that it might be too much for, uh, for Giannis come a game seven when you don't even get there. Because you're only playing your guys 35, 36 minutes. I mean, it's just such a glaring difference. Especially, especially when the Raptors, all regular season long, you know, this Nick Nurse is not, he's not a D'Antoni. He's not playing six or seven guys throughout the regular season now. I know injuries come into play, but the, we talked about the Raptors' depth tasks all season long. Like, oh, look at where are these guys coming from? Boucher, oh my God, Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas. Oh, Hollis Jefferson has given them something. We talked like about 10 or 11 guys on the Raps. And so you could see why, like Budenholzer, no, got to play them all. They've all contributed. Got to get them all there. No, Nurse says screw that. I mean, no one's playing harder than the Lowry. No one's more important than our, our player in Siakam and Van Vliet. Play them. Play them, play them, play them. And he did. And it ended up working. I mean, of course, they pulled this out. Um, you know, it was an eight-point lead at the end of three. Celtics could just never get closer than five. A lot of the reason being those guys, especially defensively, were just making big plays to keep the Celtics, you know, sort of a stiff arm to keep them at bay. Yeah, I don't think it's a concern at all that these guys are playing minutes. If there's any time to be playing your guys heavy minutes, it's in this bubble where you don't have to travel. The Mm -hmm. start times aren't jumping all around. This is the time to play some extra minutes. And and Pascal is as young as heck. And I I know everybody sort of just rides him and looks at the percentages. He was 2 of 13 from three-point land yesterday. Uh, But he was 8 for 10 from inside the arc. And that opens things up uh, for the guys on the outside. And and, and the guys on the outside... uh, you know, to get into some nitty gritty, I, I know that um, you know. You even look at Fred and Kyle's percentages; not good. No. They both shot thirty-one percent from the floor, but they hit five threes and four threes respectively because they were hunting them very well, and they saw what Brad Stevens was trying to do. Sometimes he br- was dropping coverage. Sometimes he brought up Daniel Tice to the nail to hang out. Sometimes he he tried to take the ball away. But that's when Fred Van Vliet said, "I was gnashing a little bit." Fred Van Vliet. Use the verb, I was gnashing. Gnashing being that you keep dribbling all over the place. Credit to uh, Blake Murphy for writing that down. But that's a great verb. Yeah, so he he was gnashing all over the place. And he relocated and hit those two big threes. They were hunting them, and they did it really, really well. They they just found what the defense was giving them, uh, and they figured it out. While Nick Nurse on the other side was playing some wild stuff, playing a, a ton of zone against the Celtics, which you have to do. It, it, that's the way you stall their offense because they're sort of an outside shooting team uh, that seems to be working. And plus, they played a little box and one when uh, Jason Tatum was... Uh, driving like an animal. He's been doing great uh, driving to the hoop uh, throughout this series. And so they decided to try and just cover him. Um, And and yeah, it was just, it was a war of attrition. That's what these games are, the the Celtics and the Raps. And and that's cool. Uh, Their their, uh, offensive ratings, you know, through these four games, if you had rated them amongst the regular season ratings, would be 29th and 30th amongst the, the 30 teams. They're bad because the defense is so good. But that's why they have to shoot a ton of threes to sort of make up for it, uh, to to get your plus one every possession. And and you mentioned Serge Ibaka. I, I just want to give him some more kudos. Yeah, he had four threes in this game. Uh, the guy does not stop uh, hitting those threes throughout this postseason. In, in six uh, of the eight games, he's hit multiple threes. Uh, in three of the four games here in the Celtics series, he's hit multiple threes and... and, and he didn't do that last year at all, actually, when you look back. He, no, you know, Marcus Saul was hitting all the threes for the Raptors yeah, last year. Yeah, you're as, right. As the big. Uh, yep. Uh, but but Serges, he's doing it even more than – I don't remember Mark's numbers from last year, but he's got to be hitting more threes than Marcus Saul was. Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah, he's just 
everybody talks about Brooke Lopez. Oh, he's evolved and became a three-point shooter. Mm. You know, when you played OKC back in the day, you'd laugh. You'd 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 beg Serge Ibaka <laughs> to pick and pop and, and shoot a three along if he was taking a pop from Russell Westbrook. But uh, coming off the bench and pl- and playing that defense, um, monstrous, monstrous. Eighteen points to be their second. Uh, or the leading scorer off the bench, I should say, and uh, key, contributing over and over and over on both ends. And the hashtag stand with Skeets movement grows and grows by the day. All of you gentlemen getting in on it last night, Lee and Trey again, even Tassie getting up there in a beautiful tie-dye shirt, showing off his gigantic TV. See that flex? Nice perspective <laughs> on that, Tass. Yeah. There it is. Well, that's that's all it is. It's just ratios, as you were saying, Skeets. You, you, your, your camera, your camera person, Nora, is way back, so your TV mm, looks mm-hmm, small. Mm-hmm. I don't really, my TV's not that big. It's just, it's just giant. Yeah, but you have the beautiful mount. We've talked about this before. You got an awesome mount that drops down. Way better than yours, Lee. No, it's the same as Lee's. Lee's is broken, man. It's well, like, he just doesn't know how to. Did you see? It. Did you see how I had the angle last night? So it didn't sort of see too wonk, seem too wonky. Yeah, I gonna, you did it. You yeah. did it nice. I was even going to put that in the uh, tweet. I was going to say, I know it's wonky. Just relax. But then I thought, you know what? It doesn't look too bad tonight. So. But Nora wanted to know, like, did you purposely like wet your hair and slick it back for no. the photo? So, so what I do is I get my like run slash walk in before the game start <laughs> when it's a little bit cool it's just started to turn sure so i come home i'm still sweaty so i have a quick shower and okay. then i watch the game yeah so i'm not oh. i'm not just like slicking it up for the game it's part of my pre-game routine to get my run in you know a shower a slick and a stand that gets you a win <laughs> skeets are you regretting not standing for the first two games this could have been a sweep a little bit yeah a little bit I, this is why i started yeah bringing it back there for game three right i wasn't doing my job um now i'm into these games i'm locked in and um you know it's nerve-wracking especially like you talked about their tasks uh they might as well put zaza patrulia the gif up in those video boards for these games because there's nothing easy like nothing mm. from either of these teams because the defense is so good yeah a little bit trey a little bit but this is going to make it even sweeter right if the raps go on to uh, to win this, I still think it will be in seven. One of these stand with Skeets nights is not going to work. I think, I think <laughs> a, a hot Celtics performance and the Beantown boys will be all over me. Um, but <laughs> sit down, man. But I still like Raps in seven. But yeah, we'll see. It'll, it'll be uh, it'll be worth it uh, regardless if they can move on. It's a it's a fun series. I'm, I'm oh, glad. Uh, I'm, I'm at least, of course, I'm happy because I'm a Raptors fan. But OG hits the three, and we even have a series here that uh, you know I was pretty confident after OG hits it that the Raptors would win a game four. You know, you had the confidence of Van Vliet. These guys have been here and Lowry I mean before we move on like again Lee the guy is everywhere he's mm-hmm. like Taz is right the, the shooting numbers they're not amazing he hits the threes that's big but just like his just his imprint is all over the game it's everywhere on the damn floor his body is all over the floor of course uh literally I mean there's yeah. a sweat mark of Kyle Lowry probably everywhere there he just he's just relentless he just will not he just gives it his all I mean it's all cliche stuff with him but it's all true uh, but that's what a leader does, though, is he says, yeah. I'm just going to show you what I do, and this is how much it means to me. You saw him when he fought for that ball where he scrapped for it, like, after 44 minutes, diving out of bounds. I think it was actually overturned and went back to the Celtics after that. But basically showing jump t- a yeah. jump ball, was it? Yeah. They said it went off both guys simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. It, when do you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, yeah, the classic double foul almost in the NBA. But the All point I was being- thinking was, man, what if Kyle Lowry, once he went out of bounds, had turned into a chair? This game, this call <laughs> yeah. would be so easy. The yeah. man just becomes a chair. It's that easy. I thought you were uh, going to say, if only we could have gone to Steve Javi to say <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, right call, right call. It did come right. off both players at the same time, so that is the correct call by the rest. But uh, <laughs> honestly, they like, you know, when coaches talk about sacrifice and taking for the team, we know on the defensive end, Kyle is trying to take every single charge he can. He got a couple, I think, last night and tried mm-hmm. for a few more. Uh, but then on the offensive end, some of those shots he takes are, are sometimes like, Ugh, but he's like, this is what I need to do for my team. And he, and he goes out there and knocks him in and he still drives and he still gets the contact. He sets screens. He does absolutely everything uh, and he doesn't complain about it. And again, that to me, is what really uh, epitomizes how to lead from the front and to say, I'm putting everything out there on the floor. So if anyone else isn't doing it, then then you're not sort of putting up as much as I am. And I think that just gives other guys confidence to go out there and do it. So uh, yeah, he, he's so incredible and so inspiring to watch out there play because he just, it means so much to him and he fights so hard for every single possession. Yeah. yeah. One thing he's... I've noticed with him too, just quickly here to ask, like, he knows that the Celtics defense is so damn good, especially when it gets time to set up, right? That you'll see Lowry push off of even a made Celtics basket 
he'll go. He, he will go, and he'll just sort of probe to see, mm, is there anything here? Can I get a mismatch? He had that early in the game, you know, quickly got a mismatch on, on, on the Time Lord, on Williams, because he just sort of penetrated enough that they had to switch, and then he worked on him, and he got to the line. He got two fouls, you know, blowing by the big guy there. Just little things like that where he's like, Celtics are so damn good defensively. If I can maybe find a little something here, again, just by pushing the tempo a little bit. I don't need to force it, and he does at times. Everybody's guilty of that, but... He, it's just like those tiny little things where it's like, damn, this guy's just, his basketball IQ is unreal. And then you pair that with the, uh, of course, the uh, the will of this guy. It, I, I, ever, I feel so proud watching him, Tass, because, <laughs> no, I, I want to say this, Trey, because there's been two things I have absolutely nailed correctly in my life. Well, three if I count you guys, working with you guys, so I'll add that to the mix. But the first one is, of course, uh, you know, very early on in my relationship with Nora going, she's the one. Let's roll. 20 years later, here we are. And the same can be said for Kyle Lowry, okay? You know, his second game with the Raptors. I was like, I love this guy. The Raptors lost that game. His second game ever. I'm like, it doesn't matter. This guy is awesome. Like, I know he's been in the league for a while. He's bounced around. Like, he just gives a damn more than half of these guys. And uh, he's, of course, still talented. He's in the NBA. Everybody's talented. But, like, I'm all in. You know, I'm tweeting second regular season game ever. Kyle Lowry's my favorite all-time Raptor. It's like... And so, that, so to see this come true, to see That's... me with Nora 20 years later, and to see Kyle Lowry taking this team to a championship, being a big part of it, Kawhi Leonard played a part as well, but maybe another one, my goodness. We got to get my man a dog. He's got a lot of love to give out here. I'm looking at dogs right now. We might go look at a dog today. I know, I guarantee that dog's going to be named Kyle at this point. <laughs> see, how do you feel about Carl, if, you go and adopt a, if you go and adopt a dog, and the dog has a name, because they give all the dogs a name, right, to adopt. Can you change the dog's name? We did. Yeah. Yeah, when we got Yams, she was called Rona. We said, you're not a Rona. Oh, yeah. Could have been bad these days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she was brown and lumpy. We called her Yams, and it stuck. <laughs> so that's okay. a perfect name for her, by the way. Because we're looking at a dog named Harley right now. <laughs> oh, Harley Jarvis? Yeah, that's that pretty good name. sucks. I don't mind the name. Uh, okay, I just want to know if you can change it. Anyway, I got a lot of love to give, and I'm pumped up. Tass, take it away. Yeah, that's the jumping to conclusions we need, yeah, Raptors, Raptors fans. Man. Raptors They're winning five, a title. Yeah, on the back of Kyle Lowry. Well, Kyle Lowry saved this series, undoubtedly, in Game 3. He, mm-hmm. he saved that, this thing. He, he started to look like he did in Game 6 against that Golden State series. He's... Uh, feeling it so much that people in the bubble are having the conversation, according to our uh, our colleague at the Athletic, Sam Amick, they're having the discussion. Is Kyle Lowry a Hall of Famer? Which, hey, we've been having the same conversation. We've been discussing it as well. But that's how good he's playing. That's the kind of enthusiasm we need. And you know, he's just he's got that that uh, you know that classic Kyle Lowry thing going on late in the fourth quarter. Thirty five seconds left. He took that monstrous. Uh, chicken wing off-arm charge from Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum didn't even complain. They're down six, and Jason Tatum was driving in, kind of shoved him off. That's the Kyle Lowry we need. That's, that's, he's doing it all. And uh, I was actually thinking about that and thinking about uh, people saying that I'm not wet in the chat here. I'm thinking about that. I was thinking about that <laughs> wet that spot. Excited, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was excited. Hey, hey, I'm as excited as you. Fred Van Vliet. Um, hit the floor on a defensive possession. The ball went up the other way, and then it came back down, and then OG Ananobi's trying to play defense, and he slipped, and that's when Jalen Brown hit his first yeah. three. I thought the Raptors conspiracy theorists would be out there. Oh, they're leaving the wet spots out there on the defensive <laughs> end uh, so our players can slip and fall, but that was a little dangerous. He was sliding like it was a hockey rink, like it was Game 7 of the New York Islanders series there. <laughs> uh, we're into the semifinals of a hockey. You guys excited? No, there I once couldn't care less. Zero well, percent. No, I, know I don't care tough. at all. We, I yeah. think there was three Game 7s to get into the, uh, the oh, semifinals. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Well, nice. listen, it's just, it's just that... There once was a time when there was no sports, and now there's too many sports. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Trey's yes. wearing a Pirelli hat. What? That's right. We yeah. got a big F1 race today. Hey, isn't it on right now? It's happening right now. I'm trying to avoid all the spoilers in the chat. But, oh. Uh, it's tough to avoid spoilers when you're talking F1, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Well, don't worry. We're going to get to the Kentucky Derby a little bit later <laughs> in the show. Oh, yeah. I've slipped it into the show uh, rundown. Uh, anything else to add from this one, guys? I mean, we're going to huge. We got a pivotal Game 5 uh, in the oh, series yeah. coming up on Monday. And that will be, oh, yeah, that's an extremely pivotal Game 5. Anything, though, uh, you want to chuck in there, Lili? No home team has won a game yet. This is the Raptors' turn to win one. So, 
Mm, right. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm it's just still working. hilarious. I'm grinding that joke into the ground, but why not? Who cares? You All, know? Right. All right. Well, uh, let's move on here to the other game from yesterday. The Nuggets lead wire to wire. Top the Clippers, tie the series at one game apiece. A little surprising? Sure. I mean, they got off to a huge lead and held on to the victory. Lee, biggest takeaway from the, the Nuggets game two victory over LAC. So many positives to take out of this from Denver. They did. They jumped the the Clippers, gave them the old punch in the mouth from the start, which is great to see. It was led by their stars, Jamal and Nikola Jokic. They got lots of contributions from other guys as well. Millsap, I thought, was good in this game. Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr. coming off the bench, gave them a bit of a lift as well. And even Jeremy Mar- Grant was Jeremy, fantastic. Jeremy Grant was well, their defense. I thought was uh, exceptional too. There was a several times where the Clippers were in the paint, and there was two or three uh, Denver Nuggets contesting a shot, blocking shots, and really making the Clippers feel them in the paint, which is important. But the biggest takeaway for me is we knew the Clippers were going to come back. This was a twenty-point lead in the first half, and it was like in the NBA that never lasts, especially in the playoffs. The biggest question for me was would the Nuggets be able to hold on to this game and 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 win it. And and there was a crucial moment about eight minutes ago in the fourth quarter. I think it was uh, Paul George hit a three, brought it to a five-point game, and that was the sliding doors moment of the game. What would the Nuggets do from here? Would they collapse and, and be down 2-0 and just show that that first quarter and that first half surge was nothing more than like, all right, we just don't want to get swept? Or would they actually be able to maintain what they've played up to for that point? And they did. They came out and hit three threes after that and basically stretched the game out. And kind of sealed it from there you know like it was it, it sort of sent the message to the Clippers like we're not going away and uh and again it wasn't just Murray and Jokic it was other guys contributing and so to me it did sort of say I picked I think the Clippers to win this in five but I, after watching that performance and the way that they won that wire to wire I'm a little more now convinced that the that the Nuggets can make this a better series and and, mm-hmm. a, and, a, and a and a longer series I still think the Clippers ultimately win it but if it goes six or seven now I wouldn't be surprised because I just thought that the Denver Nuggets after game one, remember the first quarter, they started off well, and then they just kind of sunk from there. And Michael Malone said, we need to have better energy for the entire game. And they absolutely did uh, last night. So a very impressive performance from everyone. Jokic, again, was great, and so was Murray. But really important that those other guys contribute and, and make this more than just a sort of uh, like, like a run in that first quarter just to get it, just to get it out of the system. They actually sustain that for the entire game. So uh, that's what I thought was most important for the Nuggets, that there's something there that they can build on going forward in this series. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the most uh, common prediction, even here on our show, was Clippers in five. Trey did have Clippers in six. Um, But yeah, you're right. A little bit of fight there from Denver and to sustain it because you knew the run was coming and it came. And, uh, you know, after it was that five-point game, it was, yeah, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris hitting consecutive uh, three-pointers to blow the lead back open. And then you had Patrick Beverly uh, getting thrown out of this one for uh, being upset he couldn't get the charge call when he dropped to the floor and stuff like that. And Kawhi Leonard tests. I mean... He is human. You know, we, we joke he's a machine, but uh, I guess he is actually still human. It was his lowest scoring playoff performance since 2016 against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, 52 postseason appearances ago that uh, that Kawhi has uh, you know struggled that much from the floor in terms of uh, shooting the ball and just getting up the points. But this is a, this is a good win. What, what were your big takeaways there, Tass? Yeah, I'm not sure which uh, side to... Uh to kind of put my hat on here because is it just a a Clippers sort of laying it down, laying this game to the Nuggets, or is it the Nuggets really taking it to the Clippers? Uh, I kind of lean towards the latter. I I don't think the Clippers, if they're into this game, allow 44 first-quarter points, uh, 20-point lead in the first quarter. You know, Kawhi can have some bad games, but they should still be able to win mm-hmm. uh, if they play a little defense. And I just thought it, it really was. 44 points in the first quarter. A lot of the time, even uh, Zubats was stuck on Millsap, and that's how he got his open threes. I just thought the rotations were bad. Uh, and then the bench came in and did a good job. I, I think one credit should be given to Michael Malone for not being reactive in this series. Like Going back to game one, he made a choice and put in Gary Harris into the starting lineup. Uh, and that really has helped defensively uh, to help out on Paul George. He was their, his primary defender. Gary Harris has gotten it going. Jeremy Grant is as decent a matchup as you can get for Kawhi Leonard. And that kind of puts their bench in a, in a better order with Monte Morris going back to the bench. So they've got two balanced lineups. Um, but I just, I just didn't understand the way the Clippers came out. You know, regardless of the shooting, uh, I was just bad. I was, it was, it was pretty bad. And, uh, I'm okay. I'm okay saying that. You know, I'm 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 comfortable saying that the Nuggets 
they're obviously very good, but the the Clippers were just lackadaisical. Like a lot of the time, we'll yeah. say, "Hey, the Rockets weren't good." You know, give give credit to the opponent of a team, and uh, and that usually that that team's fans will come at us and say, "Come on, give us the credit." Right. Uh, but I don't see Nuggets fans coming after us, so I'm comfortable <laughs> saying it was all. No, it was it was obviously a combination of both, and and getting Jokic involved was was good. It was really really smart. Um, to get you know Murray more pick and rolls with him and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah the the defense I don't know it made me want to vomit but they didn't give it up as as you said uh, I was bad yeah um, Doc said he's quoted after the game they just played more aggressive there it is that's the classic you know thing you say after you get embarrassed they got into us the entire game and right from the jump they did. We all knew the Clippers were not going to sweep this because they do this, right? They they do play the uh, like you know the flipping of the proverbial uh, switch there on and off. You knew they're going to give them a game or like just have a bad bad performance. We just didn't know when. And now the question is, yeah, will there be another? Because the Nuggets gain a little confidence from this. They find something that work. Obviously, their stars uh, in Murray and Jokic played a lot better than Game One. What do you think, Trey? I mean, your big takeaway going into the series, or your, sorry, your key was like Jokic, 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 uh, the Joker. He was dominant right from the jump. At twenty six and eighteen is a hell of a line. I don't care who it's against or how you know not hard they're playing. Yeah, and you know, I wanted a twelve inch from Nikola Jokic. I feel like we got about a nine inch yesterday. He had an incredible first half, right? Like he was yeah. dominant in the first half, and then. He kind of lazed his way through the second half, but everybody else on the Nuggets was playing defense and really committed to smashing Kawhi Leonard inside. It seemed like every time he was getting into the post, they would send five guys at him. It seemed like, you know, just a whole bunch of bodies for him to try and figure out a way to get a shot up. And it wasn't happening because, like you're saying, we've seen the Clippers do this year in and year out, or not year in and year out, game in and game out. It just happens they take some games off. Um, So I imagine the Clippers will come back and play a little bit harder, but... Credit to the Nuggets for coming out and hitting first, right? They won that first quarter by 19 points. They ended up winning this game by 19 points. Things were pretty even after the first quarter, and you could just tell that the tone for the Nuggets was different. I don't really get how that happens. They played game seven. They went into game one. They're like, we're exhausted. Then they had to play two days later, and suddenly they're not exhausted. Mm. So what happened in those two days? How come you're not tired now after playing one more game? I guess it's probably because you didn't have to actually play in that fourth quarter, but it was impressive from Jokic and Murray to go out there and say, we need to win this game. If we have any chance in this series, it's going to, we can't get down 2-0. Even if the Clippers do take some games off here and there, you don't want to be in a 2-0 hole because then you need a, an OG Ananobi game winner to really turn the tide. You know, it can be tough. So impressive from the Nuggets to go out and get a full team effort. I thought Gary Harris was really good. Jeremy Grant, like you guys were saying, was instrumental defensively. And Michael Porter Jr. is making an impact defensively as well after being a guy who was kind of getting picked on in round one. And I'll yeah, say this, right. you just don't see it often. Jamal Murray dropping oh, yeah. Kawhi Leonard there or putting him on skates yeah. I guess is the better way to put yeah. it holy crap that step back was nasty and again yeah. to see Kawhi be in that position you see it sometimes with a defender is maybe not as great but holy moly he had him he was gone and then he, he hit the, the three set the tone with that from the first possession Gary Harris Gary Harris Patrick, yeah. Patrick Beverly as well uh I I just thought uh you mentioned the game seven thing going to game one. What the heck happened? It's every two days. I went back to last season to try and confirm that story because the Nuggets played a seven game set in the first round against the Spurs, two days later against the Blazers. Well, hmm, maybe they lost that first game against the Blazers handily. Uh uh-uh. uh. They won that game one in, in <laughs> round number two. Uh, but, I, you know, I already have Nuggets fans coming after me, which is great. This is fantastic. <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm, Definitely all the kudos to them for playing great defense. Nuggets played their ass off on defense. I think the excuses for the Clippers are them playing defense the way they did against the Nuggets. Uh, I just, on that end of the floor, I, I don't know if we're going to see that again. If we're going to see a 44-point quarter. Uh, that It is an excuse, for sure, that the Clippers lay some eggs, and we talked about it all throughout the regular season. Um, there were some stanky eggs from the Clippers every, every, <laughs> every few weeks. They were raunchy. They were overcooked. Uh, they were, they were, or sometimes they were underdone. Uh, I don't know. They, were, it was, they, they do lay eggs, and now uh, I don't, I don't see that happening in Game Three to start Game Three. We will see. We will see. All right. Before we get to the up down report here on today's podcast, a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to the Manscape Dad. This is the part of the show where we all let our hair down. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> and share our personal pubic grooming habits in an, an explicit, 
intimate detail. You know, I think back to the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, the time in my life that my genitals were seen by the most amount of people. And frankly, I feel bad for those people. Looking back, I hate that they saw me like that. In some cases, it was the last time we ever saw each other. And it's vexing to know that that's how I'm remembered. Just a hairy mess down there. Oh, sure, in most cases, we were they were just as hairy as I was, but still. The fact is, we didn't have Manscaped back then. <laughs> we didn't have a waterproof, cordless body trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0 with its ceramic blade and skin-safe technology that reduces snags. No! We had to rely on scissors and a big razor. No thank you. <laughs> you know what else we didn't have? Anti-chafing ball deodorant. That would have been nice. Now, of course, Manscaped offers this exact product. It's called the Crop Preserver, and it is fantastic. They also have something called the Crop Reviver, a spray-on toner made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. That would have come in handy. The point is, when it comes to shaving your, your junk, we are living in the future, and it's amazing. And right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20. That's the athletic number 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. Okay, it's been a while. Let's get to the up-down report. Preparing your tubies. It's the up-down up report. Yeah. There's that dubstep. Sounds so good here on a Sunday. All right. First one here. This one we had to get into the show. During Friday's Bucks Heat game, Reggie Miller noted how difficult it is to actually challenge shooters in the modern NBA. He then suggested that if his career was taking place today... If he was playing, he would be averaging 45 points per game. Now, he may or may not have been kidding. We're not sure. So, are you up or down, Lee, on Reggie's bold statement that he could be scoring or averaging 45 points per game if he was playing <laughs> right now? Up or down? Uh, no, no, no. Reggie was a He's great shooter. Going we down. Know going we know down. that. Uh, but this is something we hear from retired players, particularly those who were big in the 90s a lot, that Oh, no hand checking, and, and now that no, you're not allowed to give him a place to land. Oh, I would average, you know, 10 times as many points as I averaged back in the day. Uh, the funny thing is, Reggie, for his career, averaged about 18 or 19 points a game, but we know him as a three point shooter. He's the second most uh, all time mate, but he only took less than five a game. Right now, in the current league, that would have him 93rd wow. in attempts for the yeah. game. Brooke Lopez uh, took 4.8 a game. That was Reggie, was about 4.7. So the game has changed a little bit. I think Reggie was more just sort of talking about the physicality and how when he played, that sort of stuff happened to him all the time and he didn't get free throws. I think that's more the point he was making, uh, even though we know Reggie as well as the sort of guy who's credited with the kick out uh, with his yeah. legs to try to draw contact. <laughs> He's the so, pioneer of that, exactly. of drawing contact yeah, as and, a three-point shooter. Yeah. And, uh, and and ironically as well, I looked at his stats. He averaged, he, he averaged more free throw attempts a game than three-pointers. But of course, the game was different back then. I know it was only a slight, uh, slight change, but... Uh, that's, I think, more what Reggie was saying, that if every time he jumped and someone landed underneath him and he got free throws, then he would just go to the free throw line time and time and time And he again. was pretty but automatic at right. the free throw line. He was 89% nine, for his yeah. career. Yeah, yeah. One, of the, one of the best. But uh, 45 a game still? I don't yeah. think so, Reggie. Oh, come on. Big up. He would be the best player in the <laughs> NBA by a huge margin. He'd be better than any player. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> you saying something so controversial will get you booted, I guess, from this show. JD just gets him out of here. Good, good work there, JD. Uh, no, yeah, he's back. He oh, off. Yeah. oh, yeah, you're trying to cut me off? Are you kidding me? Uh, I, uh, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm just going to continue midstream here. I just don't get it. you got you got to think about what you say, Reg. I understand why he's saying it, but... So no player, no player comes close to averaging 45 a game. Why are we even going to evaluate? MJ wouldn't average <laughs> okay, 45 okay, a game. Let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you MJ this. If would. he had said, oh, if Reggie had said. 45, getting 45 in a game twice, three times, four times, okay, is different than doing it for 80 games. That's a lot. No player comes close to it. So he's better than Kevin Durant. He's better than LeBron. He's better than everybody. 
Yeah, he's exaggerating for, okay, the, well, for the broadcast, I think. That's... But I wanted to ask you, if Reggie had said, I would have averaged 30 points per game yeah, in today's NBA. Now, is it that insane, no, uh, no. Trey? No, I don't think so. I think 35 is in range for Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. Bradley Beal averaged 30 points per game this year. You think Reggie Miller's better than Bradley Beal? Probably. <sighs> How know. many foul calls I is Reggie know. getting kicking his feet out? A ton. Hmm. How many more threes is he shooting? A ton. He would be playing like Bradley Beal. I don't think 35 a game is out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I, I think so as well. The the one counter to the kick out is he probably would get called for more offensive yeah. fouls now because they call that. But he's definitely he's definitely jacking up at least 10 threes a game, yeah. doubling yeah. that. And he was a decent three-point uh, percentage shooter. And he's getting the free throw. So yeah, I think 30 to 35 is is no doubt that's uh, Reggie. Because as well, he's not he's the guy they're setting screens for. He's not uh, doing it off the dribble like Steph Curry. It's, he's Clay Thompson, basically. Oh, Clay hasn't averaged 35. No, that's see, we're going thing. too high on 30. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> Nobody I think has, it's a, nobody I think it's has averaged 35. Yeah. Well, what, what did uh, James Harden average Harden, last year? 34 was, and change, right? Yeah. <laughs> or is it, do you yeah. get the 35? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, anyways, I just I just hope for Reggie's sake he wouldn't hit a, a wedgie because people would call him Wedgie Miller. But he's called himself Wedgie Miller before. <laughs> All right, he loved, he loved that wedgie. There. We'll get to it later. There's a yeah. wedgie coming, baby. That's right. That's right. Number 41 on the season. Uh, with all of these, by the way, tweet at us at NoDunkSync. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Or if you're uh, joining us live on YouTube, let's see your answers in the comments. All right, next one here. Friend of the pod and ringer writer Rob Mahoney, he tweeted during the Lakers-Rockets game one that, quote, PJ Tucker is a gravitational anomaly. (laughs) This had at Trenton Hassels, which is a great Twitter name, wondering, do you think you could push Tucker to make him move one inch? (laughs) Fascinating question, and I want to ask it specifically about Rob Mahoney, because we know Rob Mahoney. Trey, you do. Are you up or down on Mahoney's chances of actually moving PJ Tucker back one inch? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, my Rob Mahoney scouting report is about a decade old, but, you know, it was a legendary pickup game we played once upon a time. Rob Mahoney in attendance, of course. Yep. Uh, Ethan Sherwood Strauss shooting floaters. I think we had Graydon Gordy in there and even Graydon's dad playing yep. basketball with yep. us because we needed one more person. So this is the perfect place to think, can Rob Mahoney actually move P.J. Tucker? An even crazier question than can... Reggie Miller averaged 45 a game in the NBA. Um, But, you know, Rob has great size for an NBA writer. He's got uh, great footwork for a big man. He walks into the gym. You're like the lead singer from My Chemical Romance is here to play basketball. (laughs) And then he puts you in the blender. But can he move P.J. Tucker? Yeah, I think he can, actually. I think he can drop his shoulder in him, get him to move back a little bit. You know, P.J. Tucker is very strong, but LeBron was still going through him. He just wasn't able to finish. You can move him. You can't do anything with the shot afterwards, but I think this would be a pretty cool, like, uh, carnival attraction, right? You've got the hammer where you hit it. Bing! Goes up to the top. You've got the thing that you punch. You get your score for that. Let's have a P.J. Tucker ram. You ram your body into P.J. Tucker as hard as you can, and whoever... I don't know, puts up the highest score, gets to take home a gigantic bear or whatever. Well, I don't mind yeah. that. It's sort of like uh, sumo wrestling, I guess, in a yeah, way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you can make it that. Got to <laughs> barrel into it. Uh, yeah, so how big is Rob Mahoney, for those that don't know? He's like, he's almost your height, isn't he? Yeah, he's six. He's like six four, probably something yeah, like that. Okay, okay. He's yeah. a big guy. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I think he can move Tucker a little bit, Taz. Don't yeah. say something controversial here, Taz. <laughs> Get him out of here. For sure, Rob Mahoney in today's game could average forty four <laughs> to forty five points a game. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember Robbie on the floor. Sure. He could pour it in. He was a classic dinker and dumper man. Get him, get it in the post to Rob Mahoney. He would score. I think he could battle PJ for an inch or two. I, I agree, <laughs> Leo. Anything to add to this one? Yeah. Well, actually, actually, no. Uh, because I, so so this is like about ten years ago. I had a uh, a friend's wedding, and Steve Nash was at the wedding. Mm. And, and on the day of the wedding, we're out in Victoria and uh, out in British Columbia. There, beautiful. It was in August, oh. and we played. We played a full court fully timed soccer match like uh there was about 30 people playing but it was on a full-size pitch okay and we played two 45 minutes plus uh injury time quarter half <laughs> what yeah i know steve nash <laughs> injury steve nash, is, uh, steve nash played steve nash's dad played who was incredible uh and i think his brother played as well now martin Mar- is, yeah yeah <laughs> all right Anyway, at, and I was on the uh, everybody was, was gnashing out there that day. <laughs> I was on uh, I was on the opposing team to Steve Nash, and at one point he came down, and it, we were sort of it was almost like a basketball move where it was the ball was coming into the box, and I went up to try to body him, 
and I could not move him at all. Mm. Right now, Steve Nash is what six three and how what one hundred and ninety pounds or something like that, and I couldn't move him. Now, now PJ Tucker is what six five and about. It feels like he's about four hundred pounds. Yeah, he's like like uh, two forty or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, I couldn't move Steve Nash at all that day. I don't think anyone's moving PJ Tucker unless mm. you are LeBron James. So mm. uh, sorry, Rob. I don't think you can do it. I just don't think so. Wow. He's immovable. Uh, I should say, I should point out that Rob uh, responded to at Trenton Hassels and said, I feel like I would break my collarbone or something even if I tried. So it sounds like Rob's thumbs down on this too. Maybe we're giving a little too much credit. Wow, that was a great flex there from you there, Lily. Yeah. I was playing soccer with Steve Nash. You, like, you should have seen this guy in the air. Like, incredible how he was able to like do proper soccer headers. Like, you know flick it on and uh i've actually seen it firsthand because we went uh yeah. once upon a time to his uh, what was it called yeah, showdown, showdown, this, in, showdown yeah. in chinatown yeah that's it yeah. showdown in chinatown the steve nash uh, charity soccer game that he would do uh, around yeah. the draft every year and we went and covered it a couple times Man, once well, or twice we went to cover that yeah well martin his brother played for the whitecaps and their yep. dad their dad was an incredible <laughs> soccer player and their mum was an incredible netball player so uh, right pretty good genes in the nash family there yeah, yeah but you yeah. should see graden gordian's dad hit a mid-range jumper <laughs> hey graden gordian's dad can can hoop <laughs> oh really yeah, he's an awesome playmaker, man. He's, oh, yeah? he's, the, he's the perfect like fourth or fifth guy you want on your team. Yeah, he's incredible. He's good. Is he a talker? No. No, no, no. no, no. Graydon does all the talking. Oh, uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. He, he, he was fun to play with, though. Uh, wow, I forgot we did that. With, uh, is that 10 years ago is what you said? Uh, be about that. It's got to be something like that. Oh, wow. That was in, where were we? We were in... Uh, we were in Austin. Austin. Yeah. yeah, seems like just yesterday we were running through the subdivision trying to catch Graydon's dog. <laughs> <laughs> Who let it out of the backyard? <laughs> Who didn't close the gate? Oh, Come on. goodness, goodness. All right, final one here. Oh, so we're chasing dogs to chasing horses here. Um, <laughs> authentic, guys, upset the heavy favorite, Tis the Law, to win the 146th Kentucky Derby on Saturday at Churchill Downs, ridden by John Velasquez. Authentic led from start to finish and won by one and a quarter lengths, giving trainer Bob Baffert his record-tying sixth derby champion. (laughs) Just in case you're wondering, yes, Bob Baffert looks exactly like you think a Bob Baffert would look like. Uh, There he is. What a legend. That guy definitely looks like a Bob Baffert to me, Uh, so congrats to him. So, Tass, I have no idea if you even watched this thing. Are you up or down on Authentic's wire-to-wire Kentucky Derby win? No, I did not take in any horse action, uh, but I, I was scrolling around trying to read about basketball, and I did see Bob Baffert's face, <laughs> and, and I saw him actually uh, uh, a little bit of his video at the press conference, and, and hearing an owner of a horse accept the, the reins, accept the championship... <laughs> Uh, it's like hearing the owner of a basketball team accept the trophy right. after the finals is done. Nobody wants to hear from Bob Baffert. Nobody. What? Uh, I thought he looked a lot like Mickey Arison to a degree. So mm. maybe maybe that bodes well for um, the Heat winning this championship coming up. Uh, <laughs> congrats to Woodford Reserve. Lot no, of- you know, he looks like um, Will Ferrell in Eastbound Ashley and Down. Schaefer, Ashley Schaefer, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. I can feel it in his plums. <laughs> I can feel it in my horse's plums. <laughs> uh, speaking about feeling it in the plums, you saw Baffert take a shot in the victory circle yesterday. The horse yep. kind of freaked out a little bit. That's why you can't trust horses. No, you can't. You can't. Oh, man. Oh. He, took, he had, like, took down a couple people, the, the winning horse. Mm-hmm. Took a shot of Woodford Reserve. Oh, no. He got hit. I get it. I get it. I get it. He got hit by a horse. So, he got hit Lee, by a horse. Lee, Lee, did you watch the Kentucky Derby? No, I actually forgot all about it. Uh, mm. that, I know we talked about it yesterday, so I can't even remember who I picked, but uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't that guy. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> No, you, oh, it's a great day out. It's a great day out at the races, but it's it's just impossible to watch uh, during the day unless you've got just money on every single race. You know, you, know, you can't you can't just watch a horse race and not have money invested. Otherwise, it's like who cares? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just horses. Yeah, uh, you're. And that's funny you say that because I know Trey was asking in our Slack channel like right after we got done wrapping up the show yesterday. He's like, "What time is this on?" And I just mm. looked it up and it said two thirty. And so I told Trey, <laughs> <No>. two thirty. <laughs> you know what time they raced that Trey? Like. 2.30 a.m.? Oh, my goodness. Like it took forever. Like 6.30 or 7, I think they got to the actual... like Because they have other races. I forgot about yeah. that part. It's not just like the one thing. But, yeah, that was a big win. Seventh fastest time ever in the Derby for Authentic. Uh, and paid quite handsomely. I think 18-1 uh, to 1 odds there. So mm. Cam Stewart might have backed it then. 
Yeah. I think Cam had money on every horse in that yeah. race. So he can't lose. I saw no. Mr. Big News came in third. So Tassie was the only one of us who got somebody on the podium. I don't think they call it that for horses because they can't walk upstairs. I thought that was JD's pick, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Uh, who knows? Who knows? I was definitely Mr. Big News. Yeah, congrats. Mm. Way, to hit the, uh, way to hit the box. I mean, the trifecta. I mean, uh, I don't know. Scratch. I don't know what. I don't have, yeah, I horse have no talk. idea. That, that horse showed. Showed. Nice. <laughs> horse showed, showed you something. He showed. So nobody watched this, though, unfortunately. No, I tuned in at 2.30 thinking, let's see these horses <laughs> stride through the dirt. Let's see what they do. <laughs> Good luck to all the horses. Nobody here knows how any idea how to talk about a horse race, but I turned it on. They said we got seven races, and suddenly they were racing four hours later. How yeah. long were those first six races? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's true. They're only going around once. I mean, how long can it take? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, two minutes it of it's like It's like NBA horse. They put NBA horse on during the hiatus because we needed to sell some more ads. That's why they had an eight-hour show. Yeah. Got to sell those horse ads. Uh, when I did tune in, because I tuned in thinking it might start at 2.30 like an idiot, the actual one, they did remind me of last year's race. Do you guys remember the controversy in the 145th running of the Derby? There always seems to be some controversy. Oh, yeah. But, yeah what was it? It was like the winning, the horse won. They said like, oh, congratulations, horse. Here's your flowers, you know, and, and everything. But then like video review, basically for 20 minutes, they like debated whether the one, the leading horse had sort of basically, right. um, what do you call it? Like ran like interference cut, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. On, 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 a, on a horse on the yeah. outside. And That's they tough. did. They overturned it. It was Who, crazy. Who's the Steve Javi of the horse world? Did they have to go to him? <laughs> uh, what was Cam Storton's, uh, Brian Blessing? <laughs> That's the jabby. All right, all right. Good horse talk. I'm glad we got that uh, in. Everybody loves talk. the Derby. I don't know which which one's next because there's a yeah, the three the the triple crown, Belmont isn't it? Yeah, Belmont mm. Stakes, is it? Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, Belmont, you'd love to smoke one of those right now, wouldn't you, Lee? All right, let's get to tweet of the night. <laughs> mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. All right, TK, what do you got, man? I've got one of the most despicable tweets I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, comes from Chris Herring at Herring underscore NBA, who tweets, I wonder if the NBA could create wedgie proof rims. Wow. Excuse me? How dare you? But honestly, thank you for everybody who had our backs on this, because as soon as Chris tweeted this, everybody, Fred Cass steps in. He says, but then we'd have no wedgies. Then we have people tweeting at us. Don't you say that. Don't you ever say that. But then I wouldn't be able to make in-context puns like Wedgie Miller. And then, of course, so many people adding us at No Dunksing saying, these guys, you'd be putting them out of a job if there was a wedgie-proof rim, basically. Saying, uh, taking away the greatest contribution we've ever made to the NBA world. How dare you, Chris Herring, even suggesting this on a night when we did have a wedgie. Yeah. Tragic. Right. I, I mean, I am, I'm assuming he tweeted that after the wedgie occurred, right? Indeed. Yeah, just Indeed. think about yeah, it in yeah. advance. That would be really wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we got wedgie 41 last night. It was Gary Harris, I think, stuck it? Is that he correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Late, in that, uh, late in the Nuggets-Clippers game. Shout out to everyone that uh, jumped on Twitter or Instagram to let us know. Holy moly. People were uh, people were excited for number 41 task because it had been a while since we had had one. It had been a long time. Wow. A world with no wedgies. Just like a world with no Garys. Apparently, there's going to be no Garys in a few years parents aren't going to be naming their kids Gary's Uh, but Gary Harris stuck that one on a layup Um, sometimes I like to call him Harry Garris he's got one of those names you can just switch the first and the Nuggets have a bunch of those guys swap the initials their first and last name but we're seeing a lot of layup wedgies recently hmm they're they're coming on vogue here I don't know what's what's happening but uh, 41 also means that it's not the lowest season in modern NBA oh, history good. for the amount of wedgies. Even though we've had right. the fewest amount of games, uh, 40 was our low in 17-18. Okay, that's good to know. And uh, yeah, so look, even I'll admit at this point, 50 is going to be extremely, extremely difficult. Yeah, <laughs> Could Reggie I mean, Miller average 45? Can we get 50 wedgies this wow. season? <laughs> I mean, we don't have a ton of basketball left, really, when you think no, about sir. it. No, sir. But no. they come in bunches. So. They do come in bunches. They come in bunches. Yeah, it'd be yeah. nice to get like Two today? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that'd be that'd be beautiful because then we could maybe have a chance. But all right, congrats to Gary, congrats to uh, everybody for uh, coming into our defense there when Chris Herring. Yes, thank you very much. Just suggested that disgusting thing that he did. <laughs> I don't even want to say it again. It's 
Gross. What an insult. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. All right. Let's get to uh, today's games to set the table. I, we, I, well, they're starting soon here, right? We got an afternoon game, I think. Mm-hmm. Doubleheader on ABC, but they're spaced out. 3.30 Eastern for Bucks Heat. Game four. Heat trying to stave off elimination. Or the other way around. The Bucks are trying to stave off elimination. Uh, and uh, no one actually knows what the planned game schedule is in the bubble when they would start the conference finals. But the Heat seem to be playing for a week off because I don't think they will hmm. be starting until Monday, probably. The, wow. the following Monday, September, what would that be? 14th, approximately. So, um, yeah, maybe the su- yeah, maybe the Sunday, I guess, right? If yeah. Wrap- yeah, okay. Wow. That's possible. That's a big uh, gap. Yeah, so uh, they'll be uh, they'll be playing for that, I think. And yes, that Gumpo questionable with an ankle injury. We've talked about it a ton, but let's let's get a quick one. Let's let's get a quick one. Let's not make this horse talk. Get a quick one because then we can talk about the second game. Get a quick prediction, Trey. What do you think? Are they sweeping? Uh, you know, give me the Heat. I don't think they're gentlemen at all. I don't think that they're going to take a game off, and I think they'll let the Bucks take this one. All right, Skeets, what do you think? Hundred percent agree. This one's mm. over. Well, <laughs> JD thought we were going to leave there for a second. Yeah, this one's a wrap. Uh, he had this wrapped up after the game two victory, so this one's over. Goodbye, Lee. Milwaukee. Lee Bucks do it. The Bucks keep it alive. The Bucks keep it alive. They played well enough to convince me that they've got one last roll of the dice in them. It's going to be a gentleman sweep, but the Bucks extend the series today. I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to have to agree mm. with you. I will take the Bucks as well. <sighs> What's the line on that one? You got it in front of you? No. Oh. <laughs> I can't watch basketball unless no. I'm betting on it. It's yeah, like no. horse racing to me. <laughs> what do we think? Uh, the line has moved a little bit because of Giannis's injury. Oh, right. Is Giannis playing? Is uh, That's a big thing. What, what uh, are we talking about? I would assume if I'd assume the Heat then are favored. I don't yeah, know. By two yeah, or something? Yeah. Two or three points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next game. Just a guess. Lakers-Rockets, 830 Eastern. Obviously, very exciting to see how the Lakers will bounce back after the Rockets. A dominating game one win. Yeah, you can call it dominating. Sure. Oh, yeah. Will the Lakers bounce back around the horn? Top left in my view here. Trey, what do you think? Lakers bounce back? Uh, I think Lakers bounce back. The Rockets are known to be a pretty good game one team. The Lakers and LeBron and now apparently Anthony Davis like to take a game one off every now and then. We already have heard that Anthony Davis is now willing to play the five for the entirety of the game. If uh, Frank Vogel decides that's something they want to do, I think the Lakers bounce back and even things up tonight. Skeets, what do you think? I agree with that. I think the Lakers win. I think the story after game two that we'll be talking about come Monday morning will be the Lakers parade to the free throw line and uh, maybe some foul trouble even for the Rockets guys. I think LeBron and AD are really going to put the pressure on them uh, and on the officials here in game two. That's my dumb prediction. So, yep, I got the Lakers tying this one up. Late. History tells us that uh, LeBron does bounce back in game two and, uh, and James Harden's Rockets tend to take the game two off. So I think it also will be 1-1. I'd be shocked. Imagine the Lakers' world if the Lakers are down 0-2. Oh, baby. Wow. So, yes, 1-1 after tonight. Yeah, I can't wait to see how Frank Vogel plays it. If he does play Anthony Davis a ton, I think they tend to start with their big bigs, uh, JaVale McGee, and then go from there. But uh, when Chris Bosh went out in that first uh, championship run for the Miami Heat, that was against the Indiana Pacers and Frank Vogel when he went out, mm-hmm. and uh, then they decided, oh yeah, Bosch should play the five, baby. Uh, so I'm sure they, you know, they're waiting for that. It's the Draymond Green thing. They're waiting to play him as, you know, as much as the fo- at the four as possible, so they don't burn him out. But sometime, some point, they're going to put him at the five. Yeah, I think the Lakers do bounce back and uh, just like they did against the Blazers, have a really good game too. Yeah, we will see see how much uh, Rondo plays here tonight, too. How angry Lee will be talking about Rondo on Monday's <laughs> podcast. I'm excited for that as well. All right, let's call it there. Thanks for joining us here on Sunday. Email us your questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. If you listen to the podcast on iTunes, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. If you watch on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification button so you know when we're going live. And you can grab your No Dunks t-shirts over at nodunks.com. Grab your merch. Hey, guys, when you're buying your merch... Be careful to double check your shirt size. We've had a couple people say, oh, I accidentally uh, ordered an extra small. Ugh. 
I hate to say this to you, it says right there, all sales are final, mainly because the company we work with, they're just not equipped to sort of do returns and stuff like that. So again, all this money is going to charity, so we ain't making a dollar off it. So if anything, just buy another shirt and give more money to charity. But just be, you know, just double check. Double check that you got your size selected correctly before you actually press proceed to check out and all that. But thank you so much to everybody that's already bought one and continue to do so at nodunks.com. Clipper, bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, no one cares to hear the owners of horses talk about their horses. Nobody cares. Sorry, Bob Baffert. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace the day, people. You could stay. Every day And I'd be happy every minute